Welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Each day we'll look at a text from the weekly readings from the Westgate Church Bulletin. We will look at background material and also application of the text. So once again, welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Our reading this morning comes from the book of 1 Thessalonians, the entire first chapter. This whole week we have focused on being thankful, and in particular being thankful for God's people in our lives. We're looking specifically the last few days at the Apostle Paul and the thanksgiving that he has for God's people in different locations. And you're going to notice a pattern here, how Paul is thankful for God's people. He's thankful for these churches that are growing in their faith, that they're reputable in their faith and their love and their labor for for the cause of Christ. And he's also praying for these churches. So this thanksgiving comes along with a prayer. So Paul is thanking God in his prayer life, but he's also practicing intercessory prayer for these churches. Now, this church in Thessalonica has a history with the Apostle Paul. If you remember back in Acts chapter 17, Paul and Silas on the second missionary journey come through and they preach in Thessalonica. And for three consecutive Saturdays on the Sabbath day, Paul goes into the synagogue and preaches and makes some converts. He makes both Jewish converts and also Gentile converts. And and the synagogue there is not very happy with this. And so they cause an uproar, an uprising, and they uh, go to the city magistrates and they have the leader of the synagogue and some of these Christian brethren drugged before the city magistrates and Jason being one of these leaders that's being drugged before the magistrate. And they say something interesting that, that I've always remembered about the church at Thessalonica. They say of this church, these are the people that are turning the world upside down And they are saying that there is another king, and he is not Caesar, but he's Jesus Christ. I think what a wonderful example for all of us to be reminded that the gospel sometimes will turn the world upside down. It will change how people live their lives. It will change their spending habits. Remember back in the book of Ephesus, or, or back at the church at Ephesus, when the gospel goes there in Acts chapter 19, the gospel has so much success that the temple cult of Artemis, where they're making these little trinkets and these idols to the god Artemis, starts to suffer financially because of the converts to Christianity. So when the gospel comes into a place, it's going to change how people live their life, how they think. Uh, Everything about that culture, the gospel is going to permeate. And that's what's happened here at Thessalonica. We have a church of great faith, a church of wonderful faith, but also under great pressure. Now, what we do know about what's going on at Thessalonica is really there's three things going on uh, that this letter is going to address. They are experiencing intense pressure from the Jewish people. Uh, They're being persecuted by the Jews in the city because a lot of their converts came from the Jewish synagogue. Also, there are the Gentile people that are persecuting them, their own countrymen. We see that in chapter 2 of the book of 1 Thessalonians, that their own countrymen are persecuting them. And also, there's a misconception. Some of them think that if they're not alive when the Lord returns, they're going to miss the second coming, that some of their brethren had died already, and they're worried that they're going to miss out on the resurrection and the second coming, and Paul's going to correct that uh, later in this book. So with all that said as background material, I want to read to you now the entire first chapter of the book of 1 Thessalonians. This is the English Standard Version. Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians, in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace. We give thanks to God always for you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers, remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers, loved by God, that he has chosen you, because our gospel has come to you not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. 
You know what kind of men we proved to be among you for your sake, and you became imitators of us and of the Lord. You received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. For not only was the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Achaia, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere, so that we need not say anything. For they themselves report concerning us the kind of reception we had among you, and you, how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he has raised from the dead, Jesus who delivers us from the wrath to come. So a lot here going on here in this introduction. Uh, some of the same things you always see from Paul where he sends this greeting to the church. And there in the very beginning, verse 1, that's Paul. It says Silvanus and Timothy. That's the same uh, as Silas that we read about in the book of Acts. So Paul and his traveling partner Silas and Timothy are, are sending greetings to this church. And he's giving thanks to them or giving thanks for them because of three specific things. Faith love, and hope. Notice in Scripture how those three always kind of come together. Faith, hope, and love. And there's also labor and hard work. There's steadfastness where they are not giving up ground in their belief. They're standing their ground on what they believe in Jesus Christ. And he says something interesting to them, that the gospel came to them not just in words. And this is something we forget sometimes. Uh, we read this in Romans chapter 1, that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. The gospel has real power. So the gospel comes to the Thessalonians in power and the Holy Spirit. Uh, Anders Nygren once said, the gospel is not the presentation of an idea, but the operation of a power. And this power is connected to the Holy Spirit. When we think of gospel proclamation, many times we think of religious type stuff, like a preacher screaming and ranting and, and raving. Uh, we think of gospel meetings and gospel preachers and gospel music. And we forget what that word really meant in the first century. It was simply good news. It was a truth proclamation of something that has happened. It is a fact that is real that Jesus Christ has come. He is the Lord of the universe. He has died for our sins. He was resurrected from the dead. He has ascended on high, and he will come again. He is the king over all. And that is a truth proclamation, and with that comes power. Somehow the Holy Spirit works through that proclamation and brings about change. So much change that these Thessalonians leave idol worship. They receive this word and power, and they, they suffer a lot of affliction. They are being persecuted because of their faith. But it's interesting that Paul said there's this thing going on here, what we would call discipleship, where they are imitating Paul. So Paul and Silas and even Timothy would demonstrate this healthy, mature walk in Jesus and show what it looks like. And so the church at Thessalonica, they're, in a sense, copying and imitating what they see in Paul and Silas and Timothy. And in turn, Paul and Silas and Timothy are imitating Christ. So this, this discipleship model is really simple, that mature followers of Christ model to other brand new Christians what it looks like to be a Christian. They put flesh and blood on the words of God. So think about today what Paul is thankful for in this church. He's thankful for their faith, for their hope, for their love. He's thankful for the power of the gospel coming in their lives and changing these people. Do, do we see the gospel changing our lives like this? So many times we kind of rest on our laurels in the United States. We get comfortable in our own skin, in our own culture. 
And we realize that the gospel is challenging every aspect of our culture that is not under the lordship of Jesus Christ. And we need to think deeply today about those things that we have not given over to Christ. The parts of our culture that we've just assimilated and really not challenged in our own hearts. We need to be like these Thessalonian Christians and let the gospel come to us with power. Let it turn our apple cart over and let it change everything about our families and our workplace and everything we touch. The power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want to go back to our reading as we always do and close out. I'm going to read once again 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. Paul and Savannah and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace. We give thanks to God always for you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers, remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love, and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers, loved by God, that he has chosen you, because our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. You know what kind of men we proved to be among you for your sake, and you became imitators of us and of the Lord. For you received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit, so you might become, so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. For not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Achaia, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere, so that we need not say anything. For they themselves report concerning us the kind of reception we had among you, and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus who delivers us from the wrath to come. Well, I pray that this week of readings has helped you. I hope we all can reflect on what we're thankful for, be thankful for the gospel, be thankful for God's people and their faith and their impact in your life. And if you're in the Dothan area, we'd love to have you at Westgate this Sunday. Uh, once again, our, our youth minister's preaching it's going to be a blessing. Devin Morris is going to preach on being thankful for God's people. And we'd love to see you. We have class at 9, worship at 10, if you can make it to be with us at Westgate. Hope you have a great weekend.